Hi, I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. I'm here speaking with Bob Bastani, who is Senior Cybersecurity Advisor at the Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response. Hi, Bob. Good afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for joining us, Bob. So, Bob, being part of HHS's ASPR, you must see and hear a lot about cyber attacks and other related issues that the sector has been dealing with. Overall, what are some of the top cyber challenges and cyber threats you see the healthcare sector struggling with most these days? Uh, yeah, thank you. The National Security Council considers healthcare and public health sector to be one of the top three sectors and that are that they prioritized for additional attention. Uh, this is among the 16 uh, uh, sectors. Uh, some statistics, a lot of statistics, but just to throw a few, according to OCR, more than 590 organizations reported healthcare data breaches to HHS in 2022. Uh, that the, the impacting upward of 48 million individuals. Um, and there are several independent reports that illustrate the threat to the sector, such as the 2022 Verizon data breach report, Crowded Strikes 2023 Global Threat Reports, as, and that they all indicate that health sector was the third top frequently targeted sector uh, in the country. Uh, now, here's some of the ongoing cyber threats against the healthcare and public health. Uh, we have threats that are financially motivated. We see a lot of financially motivated criminal, criminally originated threats, and these are coming in in forms of ransomware and theft of electronic records. Uh, historically, health sector industry has faced some of the most severe cyber threats because they handle the vast amount of sensitive uh, patient data, they handle delivery of care, and they have money. Uh, and th because of that, they are the top target. In 2022, we saw a significant increase in ransomware attack against healthcare and public health by cyber criminals informed from ransomware. Particularly concerning is that they are direct directly targeting attack against hospitals um, and they aim to disrupt clinical operations more and more. We also see um, more and more we see state-sponsored espionage type attacks that they're with the whole purpose of impacting the critical infrastructure of the nation and, and there is um, uh, an area, there are some areas where it's difficult, uh, there's a marriage of between cyber criminals and nation states, and nation states use the cyber criminals to get money, and we see it more and more, for example, from North Korea, uh, those type of attacks. And then we see a number of activism um, that uh, are that attack the healthcare uh, for various reasons, um, and we, we see they are very disruptive. We see the distributed denial of attack mostly from the activists. So, Bob, you're here at him speaking about the steps that healthcare sector entities might take to improve their security posture, including adopting a cybersecurity framework. Why is it so important for healthcare sector entities to adopt a standards-based framework such as the National Institute for Standards and Technologies, CSF? Yeah, so 
We um, in March, uh, HHS uh, and ASPER, uh, we along with our partners in, in the private sector, we released an implementation guide, CSF implementation guide for healthcare and public health. And we are trying more and more to encourage the health sector to use the CSF framework. Now, the, the, the benefit of using um, framework in general is that it allows, creates a, a strategic view of managing risk. Uh, and so that, that provides the organizations with opportunity to identify areas where existing processes may be strengthened or where processes and uh, new processes can be implemented. Really important frameworks provide a common language taxonomy uh, and a systematic methodology for communicating risks, both internally and externally to, uh, to for example, to uh, the, the partner net partners and and even patients, um, and and frameworks provide a context of. To organizations, how to view risk, and that contextual view of risk management is really important. Now, why CSF? Why is it that there there are many uh, frameworks? Now, CSF is uh, is um, developed by National Institute of Standard in very close collaboration with private sector. It is um, mandatory for federal entities, so it's very much used in federal space. Uh, it's used and used and used and, and corrected. Uh, and, uh, and also you have, a, a NIST has a very long view uh, of uh, frameworks, so there's, there's, they're always constantly being updated. More importantly, it's vendor agnostic. So regardless, you will not be tied to a vendor. It, the, uh, the methodology that it uses also, and there are a lot of resources that NIST makes available for free, and that would allow you to map to NIST framework uh, very um, easily. Now, um, very recently, there, there, was a, there was a change, there was an update that was done to the High Tech Act that made it even more attractive to use the CSF framework. So that update, uh, the 2021 uh, amendment to the High Tech Act added the requirement to HHS Office of uh, Civil Rights to consider regular entities implementation of recognized security practices, specifically NIST cybersecurity framework, in certain OCR HIPAA compliance enforcement activities. And that is really important. That provides additional incentive. So, Bob, with that said, what are the benefits for using the NIST CSF when it comes to the healthcare entities themselves? What do they get out of it? Yeah, so uh, we, we, we talked about the fact that it it directs the uh, OCR to take into consideration the use of CSF framework in, in an organization. There are requirements, for example, the CSF framework should, should be in use for 12 months. And OCR so has some requirements in terms of proving that CSF is being implemented uh, across the organization. Uh, but um, although that uh, the use of CSF alone does not provide a blanket, uh, uh, it's not a blanket 
uh, uh, forgiveness uh, for HIPAA violations, it does give HIP, uh, OCR an opportunity to consider that when they uh, le levy fines or enforcement actions. Uh, that is very important. And, and But even outside of that, by just using the CSF framework, without a doubt, the risk uh, in the cyber risk in the environment will go down. And the entities are able to identify uh, and react, and they become more resilient. Uh, uh, so I, I really suggest the CSF framework implementation guide that we have put together is very um, detailed, very prescriptive, how to step by step um, makes it easy to do it. So it sounds like that would be a lot of help to healthcare entities that might be struggling with how to implement if you, they use that resource to help. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, NIST, NIST provides a ton of free resources which are documented in, in, that, uh, in the uh, implementation guide that we provide. Um, the, one of the most imp more important uh, help that NIST provides is this um, a library that maps almost any framework to the NIST CSF framework. So entities don't have to go and, and invest a ton uh, re-establishing a new framework. They can map their existing framework to CSF very easily using the NIST, uh, NIST uh, documents. So besides adopting a framework, any other suggestions or steps that you think healthcare sector entities should be considered, considering to take to improve their preparedness to deal with the kinds of cyber challenges and threats that we see? Um, th there are a lot of, lot of things that entities should do, uh, just at a very high level. Uh, it's important for entities to look at risk, managing risk holistically in their environment. And so the risk is something that is managed from top down, from bottom up, all across the organization. And, and that is a culture that has to be changed. So there are a lot of how-to documents and you can implement uh, this procedures or that procedures and make sure you have to factor authentication and a lot of things you can do. But ultimately, it's about a, a mindset change in terms of looking at risk and managing risk holistically across, across the environment. Um, but there are clearly other things. The, the education and training of users are really, really important. We see more and more that the first line of exposure are users uh, by clicking on a wrong link. By uh, There are still people that get tricked into uh, links, and those links are getting more and more um, complex and uh, customized. So uh, training is really important as well. Uh, and, and finally, um, a couple of months ago, the Biden administration introduced their national cybersecurity strategy focused on 16 critical infrastructure sectors. What do you think the healthcare sector should learn from what the strategy says? Is there something that you know stands out to you that you know the the private sector healthcare organizations should be close paying close attention to? Yeah. So there, there's a mind a shift in mindset where responsibility now it uh, that strategy looks at responsibility of operators and developers and uh, um, 
manufacturers, uh, service providers, uh, their responsibility and their role in cyber incidents, and and it's starting to things are starting to shift a little bit from. Um, I wouldn't say they are still mandate. They are they are shifting into mandates. They're soft mandates right now, but that shift is happening. Uh, so that uh, shared there is a shared responsibility for making sure that the critical infrastructure of the nation is safe from cyber attacks. And and that is strategy you can see that shift in that strategy. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I've been speaking to Bob Bastani of HHS Asper. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.